Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presents Ex Nihilo with Father Martin Wen and Steve Bucklin, a program that is seeking to lead young adults to Christ and to enkindle a deeper faith that is fully alive. Now, here are your hosts. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Steve Bucklin. Good evening, and this is your co-host, Father Martin. Who was on skip pause right there. In case you heard the skip pause, it's like, ah. <laughs> I just he went, forgot who he was for like I just a went to the second. dentist, folks. I just went to the dentist. Let me see. Go ahead. Open up. What? Wow. Do you whiten your teeth? No. Are you sure? Lots Those of are cavities, very white though. teeth. Just went to the dentist. But you eat a lot of candy, though. <laughs> I did. You do. You still do. Let me, how many cavities do you have? Six. Six? That's it? Let's see them. Come on. Open no. up. No, 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 no. Move on now. Chow, maybe chow. maybe you have all those cavities because you uh were I am too sweet. Gluttony. I am just Could it too be gluttony? Sweet. Oh, <laughs> that's a good one because he gave away the topic for today, folks. Today we will be speaking about... The seven deadly sins. sins. That's right. And why are we talking about the seven deadly sins in the middle of uh, February? Because the topic I was supposed to do, I didn't prepare. So we're talking about the seven deadly sins. Well, he just confessed that, Sue. I yeah. could have just like nicely nope, covered nope. that up. Hey, I'll own it. It's fine. I totally, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm standing up. And I promise ever we're going to get to uh, early popes sometime in March. <laughs> <laughs> but that uh, seven deadly sin is quite a very interesting um, topic, though. That's right. Well, it, it's it's kind of appropriate, I think, also because, uh, believe it or not, we're just a few short weeks, two short weeks, I think, yeah. uh, away when this comes out. Yeah, two short weeks away from Lent, which March is terrible. March 1st. March 1st is Ash Wednesday, so just mark that on your calendar, folks. It's the day the, the church is giving something away, and that's why it's going to be so crowded. <laughs> And the journey through 40 days of uh, Lenten uh, observance is a good reminder for us of our own human frailty. That's right. Uh, The human nature, beautiful as it is, God made us ultimately and intrinsically good. But because of the taint of original sin, we each uh, is influenced by what is called concupiscence. And these things... I thought we just talked about St. Valentine last week, Cupid. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> funny you, <laughs> funny you, and concupiscence is manifested in the seven, the seven different manifestations. Right, pale gas. All right, so please do explain. Pale gas. It's not just what happens when you eat too many beans. No, pale gas is the acronym that a good friend of mine created to help me remember the seven deadly sins. So, um, please do. Ex- yeah, everybody needs. What are those mnemonic devices? Yeah. Like, to help you remember stuff? Did you ever have to remember, like, helping verbs? No, I just do. You do? You can <laughs> you can name all the helping verbs right now? <laughs> you cannot. I cannot. You know how I learned the helping verbs? To the tune of Jingle Bells. And don't, I can name them all. Don't want to yes, know, Steve. Yes, I can. Don't want to know. Go back <clears throat> so, to the right, seven sorry, deadly sins. Sorry, pale gas. <laughs> so, how do we remember the seven deadly sins? Because of pale gas. And so, <laughs> we start with... The worst. Should we go from the from the, the least to the worst or worst to least? The worst. Wanna, let's start with the worst. The worst. So the worst is the sin of P, pride. Pride is the worst. Why? Because it wounds. I'm blank. Did you, I mean, do they? what do they teach you down there at that seminary? Monsignor <laughs> Toops is going to be Not a whole lot, me. obviously. <laughs> but I've gotten, I've managed to drop his name into two podcasts now, so I'm hoping <laughs> that that gives me points. Um, so pride is the worst. Pride. Pride 
right? Separates, it damages our soul. It takes away from our holiness. They all do, but pride in particular because right. it's, a lot it's of, rooted within, our, within us. Sure. Right? A lot of the church fathers and the desert fathers consider pride to be the... Um, the worst vice is because it, it damaged our relationship with God for one thing, and it put a dam, a, a wall, into the um, uh, the channel of grace. Yes, because we, it obstructs our relationship with God. Pride puts a definitive barrier. This is just me talking. This isn't from any text. Or <laughs> if it is, yay. <laughs> but pride, pride necessarily builds a wall between us and God. Mm-hmm. It, pride is us putting us before God. Sure. Now, this is interesting to point out. It is not pride does not manifest itself only in thinking of ourselves as too great. I'm so wonderful. I'm lovely and perfect. But also the opposite end when right. you think so horribly about yourself. Yes. When you think you're the worst. When you think you're you're unredeemable. And the commonality there is that we're preoccupied with. Ourselves, ourselves, either to our either to our glory or to our detriment, but we put ourselves in front of God. Right, and the foundation of spiritual life is to fix our eyes on the good Lord. That's right. All right, Re- recognizing our own human nature, but we need to depend on Him. Yes, absolutely. So, are you uh, are you happy that you're not prideful? Uh, I don't know how to answer that <laughs> It's a trick question. question. <laughs> okay. All right, let's go on to the A. The first A of Pale Gas is avarice. Avarice. That Not sounds avarice. like a big word. It is. The uh, easy definition for or easy translation would be greed. Greed. Yeah. So wow. Yeah, greed. So I don't have that problem. Uh, Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> Does anybody remember Scrooge McDuck and his money bin? So he had like this huge building, and he and it had a diving board, and he'd dive off the thing and just mm-hmm. swim in his money. Oh wow! Yeah, that's nice. He was very yes, Larfleys. Yes, we can. <laughs> Who Larfleys? If anyone's familiar with DC Comics. Oh my gosh! Okay. <laughs> that's really, really, really uh, obsolete. But holy moly, we don't like him anymore, people. We, yep, that's it. You're gone. Okay, so uh, well, it's it's basically what it is. If you think about avarice, it's really a desire to control stuff. It's, True. It's 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 a sin of control, meaning that you want to. Con- I want to control people. I want to control things. I want to control. Anything. It's not being generous. Mm-hmm. It's about, it's again, it's a self-centered, right, kind of viewpoint or a way of living your life. So sure. it's not just about wanting stuff. Sure. Although stuff is the most tangible example. So there you <laughs> go. Uh, right. So kind of great people in history besides Scrooge McDuck and some guy from a comic book uh, who would be examples of greed would be, can you think of anybody? If I say greedy, who do you think of? Don't say it. I don't don't wanna, say it. I don't want to say any name that would offend them. But Just pick people who are dead. <laughs> Can you think of somebody who is, like, dead? How about Napoleon? Napoleon? Yeah, he wanted the whole world, right? Well, Alexander the Great also. Yeah, also wanted the whole world. Now we're going way back. So no one, anyone who's a descendant of Alexander the Great, we, we apologize <laughs> if Father Martin's we, offended we, you. We cast is disagreeing with me about Alexander. Who are you going to say we get? Henry VIII. Henry VIII was oh, greedy. That's oh, <laughs> yeah. that's a great example. And why? Because he was willing to burn through how many wives? Four. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Just at, the, at first it was two. And then? Six? Seven? 
Was it six? Six. You're it was supposed seven? to be like the know. catechetical. Oh, this is outside the catechism. Yeah. <laughs> so that's Church of England. My but. brain is not working today, folks. Yep. Anyway, right. So Henry VIII. Okay, all good examples. All right, so now we've gone through one. We've got pride, avarice. Now our first, our, the L is? Lust. Lust. Oh, my. What is lust? <laughs> uh, okay, we're going to ask the priest what lust is. Uh, <laughs> what is lust? A good definition would be to... Uh, well, every single one of us is created with a desire. Right. For? W- for beauty. Okay. For truth, for goodness, and for beauty. But when that desire is twisted, let's say I look at someone with a desire, but instead of recognizing the true beauty, I see something that would benefit only me. Right. So that desire turn inwards again. Yes. Instead of you know, praising the creator, I said, oh, this person is going to be used for my selfish interests, right. then that desire turn into lust. The objectification most often of people, and then unfortunately, the way that that manifests itself in our life is sexually, right? It's most We tend to associate lust with hum- the human sexual behavior, right? Sure. Okay, so I think we've got lust. We'll just keep going to the next one before we get censored and fired. Okay, <laughs> so uh, our, our E, so to get the E in pale, we need envy. Envy. It is a major problem for both men and women. And so often, the sin is is sort of overlooked because uh, I think we're uncomfortable thinking about it. You know, also, I think envy, people like have a sense of what envy is, mm-hmm. but they're not, but they, they, they tend to kind of like associate envy with, with greed, right? And lust in a way. When really envy is simply at its most basic form, it is it is a feeling of sadness in the presence of goodness. Huh. Of others? Uh, and yes, of ourselves. Of, of, and of ourselves. Yeah, of others and of ourselves. And it's, you know, so, oh, well, you know, again, kind of, kind of common um, example would be like, oh, you know, I look at that guy with the Ferrari. I wish I had a Ferrari. Instead of just being happy that some guy has a really expensive car that costs a ton of money to maintain. <laughs> and it stems out of uh, insecurities. Yeah. Because once you're unhappy with, with who you are and what right. you have, then nothing will ever be enough and you will always be envious of someone. Exactly. And you're always, so you're never satisfied with what you have. You're always kind of chasing up to something, something else. Sure. Okay. So we've got pale down. Do you feel good? Feel I better? feel great. All right. Here we're ready for the gas. Okay, <laughs> here comes the gas. All right, so uh, the G in gas is gluttony. gluttony. Right, so when you eat so much candy that you get six cavities, that could be construed as... I never claim to be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> right, when you, if, you were to, if you were to like, if you're really crazy and you go crack open an antiquated copy of the Baltimore Catechism. Have you ever actually looked at a Baltimore Catechism? No, no. That is the catechism that existed, the pre-Vatican II Catechism. So basically, and the the beauty of the Baltimore Catechism was, for those of you youngers out there who don't know, it's basically the catechism in question and answer form. So rather than like ad nauseum, blah, 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 it's like, um, can I eat meat on Fridays? No. (laughs) No. What construes meat? And then it lays it all out for you. So the Baltimore Catechism, when it talks about gluttony, specifically mentions three examples, and they all involve food, alcohol. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> right, because that catechism was promulgated in the eighteen late eighteen hundreds in America. What was everybody focused on? 
Oh. Temperance. We're about to get the Volstead Act and Prohibition's about to come into play. And gotcha. so, ah, so it's three examples. So gluttony manifests itself when you drink too much or you've had too much to drink or if you're drinking too much. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All the other seven deadly sins got like one example. <laughs> so, so it was, uh, it's always kind of interesting. But The bishop was ready. Yeah. He is? The bishops were ready. Oh, they were, oh, they were totally ready. Yeah. So, so he's standing behind me? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, right, so gluttony. just like, And gluttony manifests itself not just in food or drink, right? It's, it's the consumption of material goods to the detriment of ourselves. Right? So when we put them in front excess, of everything else. Excess. Yeah. Excess of things will always turn into gluttony. How many T-shirts do you have? Like you have like four hundred t-shirts. No, right? I do not have four hundred t-shirts. Twenty-four. Twenty-four? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe more. <laughs> Maybe one or two. Would you stop turning the I'm wheel? I'm sorry. Again, I'm please? sorry. Okay. 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 All right. So gas. So we have the G in gas. Now we need the A. Our second A is anger, anger or wrath. Wrath. Well, now we gotta be careful in this sense because feelings, feelings. Uh, indicators only. Feelings are amoral. Mm-hmm. That means uh, neither good or bad. Neither good or bad. Right. So when someone feels angry, it does not, necess- not necessarily mean that it's a sin. Right. What you do with that feeling, that determines whether something is a sin or not. So if someone, someone punched me in the face, right. I have all the righteous reason to be angry. To punch back. But if I punch back... And and just beat the bejesus out of that person, mm-hmm. then then that becomes sin because I've let the anger, the feelings take over myself. Yep, yep, exactly. So just remember, folks, feelings are amoral, but what you do with them, you have the power to determine. You have the power to choose to make something whether a sin or not. Beautiful, very well, beautiful. All right. He's and then the S. Me. I'm not mocking you at all. Uh-huh. It was actually very well done, wasn't it, Weekend? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. So, and then our S for pale gas is? Sloth. Right, which is, as I found out very recently, not from Australia. It's a two- or three-toed animal from South America. Did you know that? Or no, Central. I did not. Or Central. Or Central America. Or, oh, okay. Yeah. Or Central America, not from Australia. Aren't they marsupial sloths? No, the koala from Australia is a marsupial. The sloth's just a mammal? I think so. Okay. I right. don't know. So there's a sloth, and then there's the seven deadly sin sloth. Right. Which is, like the sloth, lazy. Lazy. And it's right? just not like the, the, the kind of sense of feelings of laziness that some all of us experience every once in a while. Like, I wake up today and I don't feel like doing anything. I think this kind of sloth goes deeper. Mm-hmm. And it... it it's a sense of complacency, the sense of not trying to uh, to improve ourselves, to improve our relationship. I think that's what the sin of sloth is referring to. Yeah, it, it's really kind of it's it's sadness. It, it fundamentally sadness in the presence of eternal or, or spiritual goodness, if that makes sense. Uh-huh. So that and, and kind of when you think about sloth. You can disguise it by, by, like, being busy. So, for example, in my faith life, how would sloth or could it manifest itself in my faith life? Oh, I'm too busy to go to church. I'm too busy. I have all these things that are going on. And so, you know, sloth isn't necessarily a lack of activity, right? Uh-huh. 
don't think about it that way. Think about sloth really as, as a lack of action in the context of the responsibilities that we have. Gotcha. Just like St. Paul said, those of you who, who should not work should not eat, but rather acting like busybody. Right, right, right. Busying ourselves with Being things. Being busy doesn't mean you're getting anything done. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> We know the feeling. Exactly. We know the feeling. Right. And so so these seven deadly sins are, it, it's important not just to kind of name them, right, and talk about them, but to be cognizant of their effects in our lives, mm-hmm. to be cognizant of the fact that it, you know, that we have to always be vigilant. Um, we have to always kind of, especially in the society we live in today, especially um, with all of the, the the channels and things that we're exposed to, to be present to and be aware of mm-hmm. the seven deadly sins in our in our own lives, right? Right. But the good news is, for as bad as all of them are, there are, there's a remedy, right? So for every good, there's every bad, there's a good. There's a balance. There's a counterpart. There's a counterpart. And the counterpart to the seven deadly sins are the seven... Oh, boy. Here I'm blanking out. You, any idea, we Cat? Virtues. Yeah. Virtues. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That was not in the form of a question. <laughs> what, what, are, what, are what, what are virtues? What are virtues? <laughs> so to counter pride, we have... Humility. Humility is a saint... Um, Francis de Sales said, to see oneself as God sees us, no more and no less. No less. Boom. Uh, the counter to avarice is? Charity. Charity. Right. So instead of being greedy uh, or covetous, I'm, I'm charitable. I give myself. Generosity in that. In it's a U2 sense. song. Right. right, right. Okay. With or without you. Lust. Chastity. Chastity. And chastity such a... Chastity Bono comes to mind. Sorry. Uh, chastity is so unpopular. I mean, it, 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 it's it's like people hear the word chastity, and for so many years it was derided and looked down upon, frowned upon. Yeah. But being chaste is being is being chaste to whatever station in life you're in, and people don't really realize that, that, you know, as a married person, you're, you're chaste to your spouse. Right. right. As a priest, you're chaste to? The church and God. And God, right? Mm-hmm. God. Um, and then if you're not married or religious. You chase your spouse, your spouse, Christ. Well, no, 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 not. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Stop exactly. negating me. Sorry. Stop right. I'm, no, I'm loving you. It's fine. But chastity itself is a heroic, heroic virtue because it, it, it takes a lot of fighting. It takes a lot of courage to stand and to fight against the temptation of the flesh. Yeah, because lust is, I mean, lust is real and it's powerful and it's hot. It's very, you know, when you talk about kind of affections, Mm -hmm. and last week when we were talking about St. Valentine's, we were talking about affections and lust and what happens when you have these super intense feelings for people. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, right, being able to resist that. And you can't, one of the things that's very evident, has become more evident in my life, but I'm sure is in in yours too, is that you can't be chased without God. Correct. It It is a grace. almost, yeah, you have to embrace that grace of chastity. Anyway, right, so on to envy. So the remedy for envy is kindness. Kindness. Easy, but so difficult to come by, huh? Just be kind, right? If you need a great example of kindness, St. Therese of Lisieux, just check her out. 
she's like the queen of kind. So <laughs> in the smallest of things and in her daily life. Exactly. And that's but that's where kindness is that's where the seed is planted and that's where it germinates. It's in the small things in our lives that we do that kindness ultimately grows and flourishes. So Right. All right, gluttony. So when you're an alcoholic, you practice temperance. Temperance. Everything in the middle as St. Thomas would call it. Virtue is in the middle. It's Temperance doesn't mean that you have to deprive yourself of all the good things. If if you like food, good. If you like to enjoy good food, that's not a bad thing. Right. But when you consume to the excess, then it becomes a sin. Right. To the detriment of yourself and then also to the detriment of your soul. So right. you just get so obsessed. I have to have this. I have to have my ho-hos. <laughs> And so, you know, completely depriving yourself of something and, and you're all bitter and angry about it. Right. It's not, it's not going to do any good. But have things in moderation. <clears throat> moderation. In the middle. So enjoy good food, but know that when enough is enough. That's right. And, and then perhaps there are, you can share. <laughs> you can practice some kindness in and some charity. While being well. temperate. There's three <laughs> virtues all at once. <laughs> okay, anger and wrath. So our remedy for anger and wrath is? Patience. Patience. Hard. Love is patient. Love is kind. Yep, a lot of virtue in love. <laughs> so patience is tough. Patience is really tough. I mean, you I, mentioned uh, about being hit and then having those feelings of, of wanting to retaliate, but then not. And so what's the knot that held you back? It's the patience. Correct, correct. And I hear it from all the time, like people saying, I beg God for patience, but why doesn't he give it to me? <laughs> well, maybe he gives you the opportunity to practice patience. Uh, when the person in front of you just cut you off on the road and and you have all the urge to just like slam the horn. Right. But you stop yourself and count to ten. That... And give them the middle finger of peace. <laughs> Peace be with you. What? <laughs> but see, those are opportunities. God isn't going to just snap his finger and, and make you patient. Because like all things, virtues require practices, require hard work. You yeah. have to work at it. Right. It if it was a movie, what would happen is you'd be in your car. The guy would cut you off. You'd start to bring up the middle finger of peace. And then time would freeze. Everything would turn golden. There'd be angels, and angels would come down, and they'd bestow upon you magic dust, and then your finger would come back down onto the steering wheel. You would merely pray for that person and continue driving on. How's that? Steve, did that happen to you? No, no, it never happens. (laughs) Now, what is the counterpart of sloth? Sloth. So the counterpart of sloth is the lion that eats the sloth. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Is diligence, being diligent diligent oh i see i see so have you ever been diligent i've been told yes you are you're a diligent person you tend to your duties you uh focus and work hard on your responsibilities because i i i truly believe that the key to holiness is simply to fulfill my responsibilities what is asked of me right uh sometimes we we complicate the matter of you know sanctity and holiness it really is just to do what you're supposed to do right uh, I, I do have the tendency to go to the other extreme, working too hard. Right, being uh, busy and getting nothing done. <laughs> no, not that. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, it is important to have a sense of accountability, have a sense of responsibility. God has put me on this earth 
for let's say what 75 years hopefully uh i hope that one day when i close my eyes i've done what the lord has asked me to do and when i come home god can say to me good and faithful servant you've done what you've been told to do yeah amen that's i think what we all want though but if you go through the list of all seven deadly sins you will see the one common denominator it's the self yes yeah pride avarice lust envy gluttony uh anger sloth all seem to take the focus on oneself what is about me what make me feel better what would gain me benefits what would make me comfortable whereas the virtues and virtue calls us out of ourselves and right. focus on the other person it calls i think it calls the it calls the divine the divinity in us if there's i could say such a thing but it calls us to be better than we are right right it calls us to be true to uh our calling or our creation as as creations of of god mm-hmm. as godly created beings the virtues ask us to embrace that and and seven deadly sins uh, the church give us these this list for us to reflect because they are very much yeah they're very much real in every single person's life right. who of us hasn't feel prideful right. or feel uh, greedy lustful glutton or or lazy yeah it's all a part or of our daily despair life or right? right or hopelessness or abandonment all, and and you know and where do the seven deadly sins i mean whose tools are they they're the devil's tools right right these are the tools that he uses to get us to willingly turn away from god and, and embrace ourselves fortunately god does give us the weapons to counter those weapons from the devil as well so yeah. remember uh, to battle pride turn to humility exactly to, to battle avarice turn to charity charity lust chastity envy kindness gluttony temperance anger prudence no patience sloth a Dil- lion a li- <laughs> <laughs> diligence very diligence. good so yeah um, so be aware and and as we head into and you start getting gearing up for Lent I know nobody likes to think about it you know you're like oh guys come on we still have two weeks you know let's not bear down on it I'm only just planning my Mardi Gras party uh, getting the gumbo recipe out and uh, <laughs> stocking up on a bead of beer but uh, but to think about um, as we head into the Lenten season start thinking about ways that we can in, in, excise from ourselves elements of the seven deadly sins i would say the most practical thing is to pick a virtue to work on yeah so this land add add, add okay. subtract by addition oh there you go <laughs> so just pick a virtue that you like to work on maybe you're struggling with lust okay so let's work on chastity right maybe i i just think that i'm perfect in every way pride then maybe work a little bit on humility right. recognizing that i am just as flawed as the next person i think you should probably work on temperance so that we can save money on your dental bills <laughs> it was painful it was painful yesterday folks that's right um, no more candy for you he's only going to be eating vegetables now <laughs> but recognize that none of us is perfect and and the the pathway to to holiness will always be um attacked so called with all these vices and so remember per- imperfect as we are 
God give us the tools, the graces to focus on the virtues. And if you find yourself fall flat on your face, that's okay. Pick yourself up and let's work at that virtue again. Lift yourself up in prayer. Prayer. And never try to tackle the virtues or attack the deadly sins without the power of prayer with you. Because like God said to St. Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. Amen. Uh, wishing you a wonderful week and may God bless you. God bless. Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presented Ex Nihilo with Father Martin Wen and Steve Buckland. Thank you for listening. Check out the podcast at faithfitradio.org and tune in next time. May you be blessed with peace and joy.